what are the benefits of breath work? Ooh, one of my mm-hmm. favorite questions. <laughs> um, I sometimes try to kind of like navigate this into two branches again with like spiritual and physical benefits. Um, so a lot of things similar to meditation, um, feeling grounded, feeling more present, mental clarity, um, a reduction in stress, a reduction in anxiety, um, a better understanding of self. Welcome to episode four of the Discovering Alternative Healing podcast. My name is Sheil and I'll be your host. I'd like to say a big thank you to all the listeners out there finding this podcast and inviting it into your life with gratitude for your time and may this podcast continue to be of most benefit to you. In this episode, Breathwork Coach Caitlin McJunkin will support us in understanding breathwork and how we can integrate this practice into our daily lives to feel more grounded and present, to improve our mental clarity, and reduce any stress or anxiety. To always get notified of a new podcast, depending on the platform you're using, please click subscribe or follow on the top of your screen. To be part of our Instagram community, we are at Discovering Alternative Healing. Hope to see you there. Additionally, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to drop me a message on the Anchor platform, perhaps about your breathwork practice. May you continue to be nourished by the power of consciousness. Hello, Caitlin. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I'm just so excited to be here. This is, I'm, I'm absolutely just a little bit about me. So my name is Caitlin. As you said, I am a breathwork facilitator and emotional wellness coach. So I help primarily women uh, navigate stress and anxiety and essentially awaken their inner healer through things like inner child work and embodiment practices and of course breath work so kind of like a holistic approach to navigating stress and anxiety in our everyday life and then taking the steps forward to grow and develop and become the women that we want to be in a society that makes it a little bit challenging to do so sometimes what was your journey into becoming a breath work coach I kind of hit rock bottom on my own journey dealing with anxiety and depression, and I had stumbled upon a free breathwork audio online, and there was something in that moment, it's one of those like breadcrumbs from the universe, I guess, where I I just did breathwork, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is like nothing I've ever, like nothing I had ever experienced. I was trying different types of therapy, um, different other healing modalities, going to a lot of like yoga and meditation classes and nothing, not that they weren't working, they were, but I just felt like I was kind of spinning, kind of stuck in like the same cycle. And when I found breath work, it was kind of the missing piece that allowed me to embody and integrate everything I had been learning um, to then move forward. So it was kind of like the missing puzzle piece. And yeah, eventually, I mean, at the end of the day, it was just my 
my struggle with anxiety and depression that led me to finding it. And once I started practicing it, it was too profound not to share. It definitely felt like a calling for me. And I really, really wanted to explore that. Well, thank you for being the practitioner that you are and being available for us to learn uh, about this modality. What is breathwork and how did this modality get its roots? Because I've never heard of it until one of uh, the guests on our podcast was, we were talking off podcast and she mentioned breathwork and I got so interested in it. Absolutely. So what is breathwork? I refer to breathwork as like an active meditation Um, So I'm very, I would classify myself as very type A. I have a very busy mind when it comes to the, when it comes to meditation in the sense of like, sit down, be quiet, have no thoughts. I, I have a very hard time. I find it very hard to shut my mind off. And so breath work, we use the breath to kind of unhook the mind for us. So we still get those juicy benefits of a deep meditation without the the struggle to get there. Oftentimes I'll practice breath work and then move into a meditation and it, it flows so much easier. It's so much lighter. Um, it's more, a bit more effortless in a way. Um, we do call it breath work for a reason. There is work involved. Um, and the breath work modality that I practice, I'd say it's loosely based off of Um, a style similar to like holotropic breathwork. So this kind of style of breathwork, this circular breathing journey was started, I guess, in about the 1960s, 1970s. Um, Holotropic in particular by Stan Groff, who was a psychiatrist. Um, My understanding is that he was studying um, the effects of LSD on the brain to treat things like depression. And when it was Um, when it became illegal, he transitioned into how can we use the breath to mimic the same effects and um, what does that look like in the brain? And so that kind of started and then it kind of branched off and grew into different subtypes of breath work. But the origin, I would say, of the, the modality that I practice would be that. What does a breath work coach do to support clients? So it... I think it depends who and what. So the modality that I practice, there's kind of two branches to breath work, what we call meditative and integrative. So meditative is more in the sense where you would come in with a practitioner. Um, it's kind of a journey. There's music and journaling and um, you really get to access your subconscious. It's the type of breath work we really use for transformation. And then on the other side, there's integrative breath Um, And that's where uh, I find you're very supported. This was the huge like integration and embodiment piece for me. It's how to use breath throughout the day to mitigate stress and anxiety, to um, help integrate what you're learning, anything kind of like five minutes or less to shift your state even. So there's kind of two branches there. So with my clients, for example, we kind of do a balance of breath work and coaching. So weekly we would meet every other week's going to be a breathwork journey, um, lots of different breathwork practices. Um, 
give in to support you throughout the week, obviously when I'm not there with you, and then um, a coaching container to really integrate what's been coming up for you and like move through what's present. It's very, it's kind of like a, like a mended situation <laughs> of all of the things that I found really work. Um, and it kind of flows with the client to make it the best possible experience for them. That's wonderful. With a breathwork coach, um, is the idea to, when you, you are supporting the client, is the idea to give them the skills and tools that they need so that eventually they can on their own recognize, okay, this situation and be aware of the situation, how their body's feeling and are they anxious in that situation? And then the tools given to help them in that in that moment to release that anxious energy. Absolutely. 100%. I would, I think I would feel like I had failed if a client was with me forever. (laughs) I'm always there to support in deeper journeys, you know, once a month, once every few months when you feel like you need it. But at the end of the day, after our container of time working together, they should like, I want them to be in a place to take that for themselves, you know, be their own healer, let them, um, having them be able to recognize anxiety and stuff before it comes up because they know what it feels like in their body and then have the tools and resources to move through that. That's the goal for sure. Yeah. It's that awareness and recognition. And, and what is so powerful is when you have tools that you can use to just kind of slow the energy and just melt it away. In relation to the practice of yoga and meditation, um, those two techniques uses deep breathing. And it's used where you, you use your left and right nostril and you deep breathe consecutively. Um, in your exhalation and inhalation, uh, because I think it's to ground the person and calm the mind. In breath work, is this the idea to be grounded back to the present moment? In integrative breath work, often, yes. Um, I like to kind of make an attempt, I suppose, to bridge the gap between science and spirituality. So when it comes to integrative breath work, there's a huge focus on Um, deep breathing, extending the exhale, activating the parasympathetic nervous system through the vagus nerve. Like that's kind of the approach that I like to take um, because yeah, you want to ground into the present moment. When it comes to meditative breath work, you absolutely want to feel safe and supported and held in that container. But I'd say uh, the focus is less on grounding in the moment and more so on kind of like diving inward. So meditative breathwork is more a journey into yourself where integrative is more grounding into the present moment. Right. Because like during the day, there could be moments of uneasiness or feeling insecure um, and what wonderful tools to have, how to, you know, deal with these challenging emotions that may come up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And using the breath to like move us into a space where we can respond to that stimulus versus like react to it. Absolutely. And the more I talk to practitioners, the more that 
I'm understanding that to, to empower yourself is to have the tools on how to not be reactive, to be self-aware and these tools to use to just deflate and dissolve mm-hmm. and get back to a state of groundedness, being mm-hmm. in your natural state. You're calm, you are able to think clearly, you feel safe, you feel secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, some of the work that I do, we call that soft mind, where you're kind of, it's like the feeling of when you leave a yoga class, you're like conscious enough to know where you parked your car, but you're aware enough to also notice how you feel in your body. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> when should breath work be used all the time (laughs) um so there's something I refer to often there's a a book called just breathe by Dan Brule and at the end of the book he has I think it's like 21 days to breath mastery or something and one of the first the very first things that he recommends doing which is the same thing I recommend doing is something called breath awareness. And that is simply being aware of your breath. It's not trying to manipulate the inhale or the exhale, just beginning to kind of notice how you breathe when you hold your breath, when you breathe fast and shallow, when you're breathing calm and slow. Um, And he recommends the, what is it? It's like 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. That might be messing that up but -hmm. essentially you can do it for two minutes a time like two minutes and then somewhere else for another two minutes and somewhere else in your day for another two minutes um sometimes and I'm guilty for this when I think of breath work I'm like okay I have to be sitting down on my cushion set the space all of that and that's that's not true you can take it with you whenever you want if you want to simply you're sitting at work and you just had an altercation with a coworker. You can slowly extend your exhale and move into that parasympathetic space so that you can take your next meeting without feeling so agitated. You know, you can, you can um, take a couple quick breaths and dance around if you need an energy boost. Um, so I say do breath work all the time, but if you're going to kind of start your own practice, like five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night is a really great place to start. Is this technique helpful to all ages? Absolutely. Um, I, when I went through my certification, I was certified with um, a woman who does work with kids. And hearing her stories of kids and using breath has been really fascinating. Um, I'd say the main difference between like with adults and with children is with children, it's way more fun. You know, you're, you're coming up with like spaghetti breath or balloon breath or circle breath, you know, uh, snake breath. Kids really love snake breath, which is like a fun way to calm down. Um, so the approach is different, uh, but a lot of the like the the techniques and stuff are, are similar. That was my next question. With yeah. kids, how would you help them uh, facilitate breath work but the techniques be the same and what I'm understanding is you use the set the same techniques but you just reference it in in a different way that mm-hmm. they would understand and I like that like the snake mm-hmm. technique or yeah. the balloon yeah yeah so whatever makes it fun and keeps them engaged <laughs> I think is the best approach is there more than one technique to breath work like is there a core set of techniques and then there are other 
forms of like in meditation, there is like, you know, many people are aware of, uh, you know, watching the breath, but then there's like just so many other meditation techniques. I feel like there's also so many, I think because there's, there's just so many approaches you can take. It's like, what is your understanding of the breath? What is the understanding of your breath in your body? And then what do you want the outcome to be? Because you can breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, or in and out through the nose, or in and out through the mouth, and um, change up the the pacing and the holds. And the there's there's yeah. there's so many. Um, I think on the meditative side of things, there's probably like a couple less. Um, but yeah, to say that there's like one specific like pattern or style, I I don't think that. I don't think there is. I, I can't even think of a way to like summarize even in short, like how many there are or could be. So would a per- like how many, how many techniques would a person have in their repertoire? Is there a breath work per situ- Like if there's an anxious moment, is there a breath work technique for that? If there's a moment of your feeling angry is there a technique for that or is there just a way to deal with these in a quick in a quick way like if if like anger comes up do like do you revert to one technique and one technique can kind of help with with other emotions there's definitely like one technique that would help with multiple things um i'd say if you had like any in your repertoire probably like three to five um And again, less so like a specific pattern, more so if you're feeling anxious and you need to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, you're just going to extend your exhale. It's a simple way to begin to activate the vagus nerve. Um, And so having that in your back pocket. So maybe for you, that's inhale for three, exhale for five. For others, it might be an inhale for five and an exhale for eight. It kind of depends like where you're at, what your body um, can do, what feels comfortable for you. Um, and then with anger, maybe it's similar. Maybe you just need to, you know, come into the present moment, slow everything down so that you can, you know, begin to evaluate, whoa, why did that make me angry? Okay. Now I can see it. I'm present with it. Maybe I can't deal with it right now, but I'm feeling more in my body. I'm feeling more calm. So I can have that conversation later or whatever that may be. Or maybe for you, it's, I'm really angry in this moment and I have the space to integrate this right now. And it's going to be a rapid breath out through the mouth um, to just kind of discharge that energy and then hit in your bed with a pillow or a pool noodle, uh, you know, to get the rest out. Um, I think it's so, it's so unique to each individual, like what works best for them. And that's why I really love doing what I do because I could have 20 breath patterns in mind. And then we get to kind of work and figure out like, okay, these are like your five. These are really great you know, see how they go. Let me know how they feel. And we can kind of tweak and move from there. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking one has to know themselves and, and by knowing yourself, being aware of how you react in certain situations will then assist you with how do I use breath work? So I know that I'm short tempered, or I know that, you know, uh, this sort of situation makes me feel anxious or uncomfortable knowing that and knowing how how reactive I could be being aware then I could see how the breath work comes in with 
being very specific to an individual, like you said, depending on how much you may need, how many mm-hmm. inhalations, actually exhalations you may need. Absolutely. Yeah. What are the benefits of breath work? Ooh, one of my mm-hmm. favorite questions. <laughs> um, I sometimes try to kind of like navigate this into two branches again with like spiritual and physical benefits. Um, so a lot of things similar to meditation, um, feeling grounded, feeling more present, mental clarity, um, a reduction in stress, a reduction in anxiety, um, a better understanding of self, it's a decent few, and then physical benefits, um, physical tension release, like I've noticed in myself and a fair amount of clients actually, um, just a reduction in tension, I think, um, we hold a lot of tension in our bodies and breathwork is really great at moving that energy and moving that stagnant stuck tension. Um, I have found an improvement in digestion. And I think that's also just because of the reduction in stress. When we move into that parasympathetic nervous system, because when we're stuck in that sympathetic space, our bodies kind of, you know, they're, they're sending energy elsewhere so that we can fight or flee. Uh, We're not really focusing on digesting our food. So that's been a big benefit for me. Is there a daily routine we can use to set up to start or end our day with breath work? Yes. Okay. This is one of my favorite things. So I have a hard time with this. I always have the intention of like a routine and then get crazy busy. So how do we, how do we do this? Okay. So, um, not breathwork related, but I would say the first thing I, for a very long time, my, my morning routine was very regimented. I had alarms going off every two to five minutes to tell me to switch tasks. It was very, very timed and just not sustainable in the long term. And so what I what I'm presently learning right now this is very present for me is to kind of have like a a list of things I would like to do in the morning. Maybe it's make my tea, maybe it's meditate, maybe it's some breath work, maybe it's a cold shower. And if I just get to like one or two of those things and I leave the guilt that I didn't do all of them behind. So find what works for you. Find, you know, maybe you can um, journal for 10 minutes and then go hop in the shower and you're like, okay, I'm good for today. (laughs) And just kind of like not having this, um, this like rigid schedule to your morning, because sometimes you are going to fall off and life happens. And, you know, this last year, especially it's kind of like you think one thing and then something else happens. So you're kind of forced to navigate and pivot. And so, um, shedding the guilt of not getting to everything you have on your list for the morning, (laughs) Um, but in terms of breath work, something that I do try to do every day because it does make just the world of a difference is before I even get out of bed, once I wake up is to just take 10 deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Sometimes I'll place my hands on my heart and just kind of like um, affirming to myself, like it's another day, it's going to be a good day. I'm present. I'm here, maybe setting my intention for the day. Um, and then when I get out of bed, I'm in a totally different headspace than if I just pull the covers off and jump out of bed and try to run to work. So um, 10 breaths in the morning. If you wanted to do more, um, you can always, you know, find yourself seated or laying down and just continue that breath for maybe a couple minutes. 
and see how that feels. But 10, 10 breaths is like, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take forever. I'm, I'm famous for doing that too. I'm like, I must do all the things and they must be really long and I have to do them all. And that's simply not true. Um, and then ending the day um, similarly, or what I really like to do if I am struggling to fall asleep is a breath called the 478 breath. It was created by Dr. Andrew Whale, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, and that is simply in for a count of four, hold for a count of seven, and then out for a count of eight. <clears throat> so inhale four, hold seven, out eight. And on the exhale, you're kind of um, pursing your lips, I guess. You want to kind of make like an ocean sound on the way out um, to really just like slow and control that exhale. So again, just another way to extend the exhale, activate the parasympathetic nervous system and put yourself in a place for like sleep and rest. Activating the rest and digest system. <laughs> when you say hold, what do you mean by hold? Um, so when you inhale uh, for a count of four, and then you kind of pause or suspend the breath for a count of seven, and then begin your exhale. Oh, so you're counting in your <clears throat> mind seven, <clears throat> and then you exhale. And then, yeah, the exhale would be for eight. And then you would inhale, count to four, hold your breath while counting to seven, and then exhaling, counting to eight, one through eight. That is fantastic. In the morning, before you get out of bed, mm -hmm. 10 deep breaths. And then in the evening, trying the four, the seven, and the eight. Yes. I think I'm definitely going to try that. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. Yes, you're uh, welcome. In terms of sharing, could you share <laughs> with our listeners how we can use breath work to support our well-being? Yeah, um, I think using breathwork to support your well-being in the beginning, just getting familiar with your breath, beginning to kind of like date your breath in a sense. Notice um, how long your inhales are. If you hold or pause after your inhale before you exhale, if you pause perhaps after your exhale before your next inhale, um, and then the situations and which that changes. If you notice at work, you're very stressed and overwhelmed. So you're breathing very um, shallow and quickly. And then maybe when you're at home with your family in the evening, you notice that it's a more relaxed, calm breath. Um, and then once you begin to notice how you breathe or when you hold your breath, that's a big one as well. I hold my breath all the time, <laughs> a habit I'm trying to break. Um, I don't even know if I'm aware <clears throat> of that. <laughs> I think once you start, now that it's in your mind and you'll, you know, you'll kind of have awareness around, am I holding my breath? You might notice, I do it a lot when I'm like washing my face or putting away dishes or um, if I'm trying to concentrate on something, which is not when we should be holding our breath, we should be breathing so we're focused. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I hold my breath a lot. I'm going to pay attention so. to that. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to let me know how that goes. I'd be really excited to hear like- I never thought- If I, you notice. No, because I, I thought- you, one would hold their breath like washing when I wash my face I I do notice like when the water touches my face I'll hold my breath yeah I other, than that, that, other than that <laughs> I am so not aware <laughs> yeah definitely hold your breath when in water or like putting water on your face that makes sense but I'll do it even when I'm just like applying cleanser or it, like putting away dishes or putting the key in the door it's very interesting to become aware of when you're holding your breath 
And then I'd say like the first step after that is to then notice I'm holding my breath and take a breath. Um, trying your best to make it like a controlled breath. Uh, we don't want to like jar the nervous system if you're holding your breath and then you gasp because you realize, um, but just then like, okay, slowly inhale, exhale, and then continue until you notice eventually you're holding your breath again. <laughs> wow. On your Instagram, your Instagram is amazing, by the way. It Thank offers you. such wonderful support. One of your posts has a three-way to move energy. Oh, yes. And it reminds me of Qigong because in the practice of Qigong, to my understanding, is that you are cleansing and moving energy, though there is visualization when you are doing that. So is breath work, uh, in, in a sense, do you use visualization in breath work to move energy? You can. Um when it comes to like a breathwork journey, I think it's very dependent on the, the client or the student. For me, sometimes I will use visualization, but I find that a lot of people that stumble upon breathwork, um, it's kind of like, a <clears throat> like an entrance point to a lot of these modalities. And so visualization isn't something that's available. You could say, okay, now visualize white light coming in through the top of your head. And they're kind of like, uh, what? That can be challenging. <laughs> it can be. Because you're like, what would you mean by white light? What co- Like, how how is it supposed to look? Yeah, totally. So I like to focus more on like the breath and then the physical sensations um, over visualization. But I think visualization is super helpful. Um, and it absolutely, like, I really enjoy it, especially in like guided meditations and things. Um, I think it just depends on the person. But to quickly and further elaborate on the three ways to move energy, which I'm glad you brought up because I love it. It's very helpful. Um, It's breath, movement, and sound. So breath, bringing in the breath, allowing that to move energy, uh, movement. um, I think a lot of people now, especially in the online space, they're like having daily dance parties and like shake it out, move that energy. And then sound, again, activating that vagus nerve through singing or chanting or even just humming. And so a combination of all three, I mean, triple threat. (laughs) Would listening to music qualify Uh, for sound? My understanding is that moving energy through sound is more about like speaking and like activating like the vagus nerve I understand. but I mean I would assume so because I know a lot of people use singing bowls which is something I would love to start to incorporate and like tuning forks and stuff and I've heard like really profound things with using sound in healing modalities so I think that's something to look into which I might do after this <laughs> <laughs> um are there any misconceptions about breath work yes um I've had some people come in um, with the impression that breathwork is very dangerous. And there are facilitators out there and there's companies out there that don't take a trauma-informed approach to breathwork. When I first started doing breathwork, I felt like I re-traumatized myself and I just went 
like too fast, too soon. And so I was using very intense breath patterns, moving a lot of energy. I'd be shaking, I'd be crying. Um, and I wasn't really given the space to integrate. And so I just felt very unsafe. And so I think it's just important that you find a facilitator, especially when you're first starting something like a breathwork journey and really get to know them and kind of see if you are a good fit. Like I take a very trauma informed approach. So we start very slow. So if you're looking to come in for a session and be blown out of the water and have this very intense experience where you feel like you've blasted out of your body, you're not going to get that with me. Uh, maybe a different facilitator and a different modality would be better for you. Um, for me, it's all about cultivating safety, learning what those sensations feel like in your body. Okay, we've set a safe container. Um, yeah, so again, it can be a misconception. And I think some people um, do offer those kinds of experiences. So it just it kind of depends where you are on the scale. Um, and then I've also had the misconception that it's going to be like the be all and all heal all. And that's simply not true. Um, or the, the belief that breathwork is the healer or the facilitator is the healer. And it's not, it's you, right? We all have this innate capacity to heal ourselves and we'll find people um, guide to help someone awaken that within them and learn how to heal themselves and how to um, be self-aware. And I think sometimes they, uh, a misconception is that the power is given away. Like it's someone else that's doing this work and it's not, it's, it's you. You touched on something really important that I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned that we all have an innate capacity to heal ourselves. And I feel like more and more practitioners are making us aware that yes, we, we are our own healer and we have the ability and the capability to heal. Here I am going to give you some tools, but you can do this. Do you feel that sometimes uh, people feel like they aren't, they don't have the the power to heal themselves, that they need others to heal. Because I find the more I talk to practitioners, the more they, they, uh, they say that you have the power to heal. Yeah, I think I've kind of noticed a shift in that direction more so recently as well. Um, and the shift, I think, even just within myself up until not very long ago, I really had a resistance to using the word heal because I was like, oh, in my understanding, if you're healed, then nothing's going to happen again. You're fine. You're healed. You're, you've moved on. None of the stuff you've healed from is going to come up again. And that is very untrue. It might come up in different ways, but it's, it's still there. It's still present, right? Like I, I, I don't want to say like, I've healed my anxiety. I still have anxiety. Anxiety is a very normal human thing you know, it's going to tell you to run away from the tiger. That's, that's a good thing to have. Um, so yeah. And then I think too, in the beginning of my healing journey, when the dialogue of your inner healer wasn't as big, I was constantly giving away my power. I, you know, I couldn't do yoga by myself. I needed an instructor. I couldn't do meditation at home. I needed to be in a class. I couldn't, 
I couldn't learn this new technique that I thought maybe would help me because I had to put that onus in someone else. I had to give my power away. And so I'm glad you brought this up because I love that the dialogue is shifting and like, yeah, we are, we are capable and we do have that, that innate capacity. Um, Sometimes we just need someone to guide us there to show us how to unlock that, to provide us with the tools and resources to continue um, supporting ourselves. But yeah, absolutely. Speaking of anxiety, can we talk about anxiety, which is like you say, it's a complete normal human experience. Um, And how could we use breath work to help clear its energy when it arises? Absolutely. So yeah, like you said, it is, it is normal. Um, You know, since the beginning of human evolution, we've had anxiety, we've had our sympathetic nervous system. Um, I think we kind of touched on this earlier, but if you're, you know, walking down the road and you see a tiger, your, your body's going to start turning off other processes and sending, you know, blood to your muscles, like your legs so that you can run or so that you can fight. Uh, But hormone regulation and digestion, they're like, oh, pause, (laughs) we have other things to do. But our very intelligent monkey minds here um they they can't discern between oh that's a tiger i need to run and i'm stuck in traffic and oh i'm late picking up my kids and my phone's going off and i have emails to get to right and so we kind of get stuck in this in this sympathetic state and sometimes we need to um, introduce something like breath work to turn that off so that we can relax and we're like okay we know what that feels like Um, And so in terms of anxiety, especially when it arises before uh, I would just get hit out of nowhere with panic attacks. uh, And I I didn't know the warning signs. I would just be sitting in my car ready to go into the grocery store. And then all of a sudden I feel like I'm having a heart attack and I I don't know what's going on. Um, And now I'm at a place where it's like, oh, hmm, you know, my my stomach is starting to feel a little queasy. Um, My heart is racing and my palms are really sweaty. Interesting. Okay. And I, you know, I just had like an altercation in traffic. So now it's like, okay, now it's time to invite in the breath. Um, so focusing on safety. Uh, some, for some people, that's just really noticing like your feet on the floor, grounding. Um, you want to feel grounded. And then just inviting in um, a slow extended exhale. So I usually aim for, I think it's like in for a count of four, out for a count of six to eight. It's just in through my nose, out through my mouth. And if I'm safe to do so, closing my eyes, that's not always the case. Um, but the nice thing about a simple breathwork pattern like that is that you can do it just about anywhere if you're on the bus or something. I don't recommend doing it while you're driving. Some people get quite lightheaded inviting in deep breaths. And I wouldn't want anyone to like faint while driving. But if, if you get to your destination or, you know, you're pulled over in a parking lot or something and your car's in park, you know, or you're not in the bathtub, <laughs> then inviting in those those deep breaths. So, um, no learning the warning signs again, which is a huge part of breath awareness. Cause you'll probably notice, wow, I'm holding my breath or I'm breathing very quickly. Okay. now I can take control of this. Now I'm in control of it. And that's the really cool thing about the breath is, um, it's run by our autonomic nervous system, auto meaning automatic. We don't think about it. We're breathing right now and we're not aware of it, but it's also a system that we can take control of and manipulate to um, have a certain outcome. So in terms of when you're starting to feel very anxious, slowing the breath, grounding into the present moment, um, again, accessing that safety. For some people, it's uh, the sensation of safety in their hands and feet. 
Uh, for me, it's just thinking of my favorite place in nature. That is so grounding to me. I'm like, oh, okay, I know exactly where I am. I'm safe to breathe, safe to breathe. Um, sometimes a little affirmation like that as well. It's safe to breathe. I'm safe to breathe, safe to be in my body. Um, that's a big one, not being safe in your body um, or even just it's safe to slow down. Beginning to ground in. I love that. When you mean uh, we we ground ourselves back and we are thinking of a space, like you, you think of um, being in with trees. Did you say trees? Yeah. With trees? It, yeah, it's just my favorite place in nature, which happens to be like in this really small mountain town that my family is from, um, like right off the river. It's, yeah, there's, there's trees. It's lovely. <laughs> so when you think you can also, so visualizing something that brings you safety and mm-hmm. nourishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that's that. what works best for me. Um, for some people that's not as accessible. So like sensations in their body for them, maybe it's like the sense of safety in their hands, like physically holding something or their feet on the ground. Um, that can be very like create a sense of safety Um, or even just kind of like um, I don't visualization I don't think is the word because it's more about like feeling the sensation even though it's not present like um, I understand like like, crawling into bed after like a really long day like into your cool bed and your like cozy comforters like that feeling like that can be very got it got it ah got it got it what brings you joy and reward in your practice? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say it brings me so much joy and reward when clients or students of my classes come to me um, with um, just, I guess, stories of like, hey, I you know I was super anxious and I, I was able to move through it or I haven't, you know, I haven't had this experience in X amount of days or um, <clears throat> I had one client recently who is in a very intense and competitive program in university, very overwhelmed. Um, and she was like, yeah, like I, you know, I've, I've handled all these things. Even her family members had mentioned like, the 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 transformation we've seen and how she's handling things is has changed and like it just brings me so much joy because I struggled for so long not having the tools or the resources or even someone to point me in the right direction and so I'd say when they when they have overcome obstacles and challenges especially in the face of like anxiety it just warms my heart so much ah how can you be reached how can I be reached? Um, I'd say the best place is on Instagram. I'm slowly coming out of my like social media hiatus. Um, and that I'm sure will be in the show notes or something, but it's at Kate Junkin. Um, I'd say Instagram for sure. And again, like you said, I have a lot of resources there. I have story highlights and I have tons of IGTVs with breathwork practices and things. Um, and that'll be picking up again soon as well. Cause I really love sharing this work. I do. It's, it's, it's so good. <laughs> Well, just speaking with you and seeing the passion that you bring forth is just incredible. And thank you so much for this work that you do. We are just so grateful to practitioners like yourself. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Oh, thanks, Sheila, for having me. This was wonderful.
Thank you for listening to the Discovering Alternative Healing Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and would like to get notified as soon as a new one is uploaded, simply click subscribe or follow on the top of your screen, depending on the platform you're using. Additionally, to be part of our Instagram community, we're at Discovering Alternative Healing. With gratitude, take good care.